You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and I'm excited today to welcome Sandeep Kumar to talk about commercial effectiveness. Sandeep, welcome to the show. Thank you, Asher. Thanks, thanks for having me on the show. All right. Well, before we dive in, Sandeep, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are, please? Absolutely, Asher. So let me start with what you guys are doing is outstanding. With the social reach that you have, sharing and learning from ideas, you alluded to 7,000 other folks who have, you know, in the past, you know, provided their ideas, their thinking, their thought leadership in different areas. It's absolutely beautiful, you know, sharing and learning from ideas, thinking, thought leadership in different areas from different leaders and subject matter experts is absolutely fantastic. Allows for a network effect, the ability to create relationships and to be, to be, to be very frank, to be a constant student, learn from others and share your own ideas and experience. Let me start with, uh, you know, my background. I started my career uh, back in the late 90s. I'm originally from India. I have a degree in electronics and started in the IT services sector back in the day. The initial few years were all focused on OEM-specific device drivers for various operating systems, including Windows and IBM's OS2 and, uh, you know, the high-tech semiconductor devices, literally dealing with bits and bytes and how might you translate uh, those bits and bytes into a consistent user experience at the application UI UX layer. Worked for a startup uh, on CRM solutions for the mid-market segment, customers primarily in the retail and financial services sectors. Really my first exposure to pretty next-gen thinking, almost 15, 20 years back, focused on e-commerce, guided selling, asynchronous data synchronization between offline and online teams. Then spent time creating capital market solutions for trading and clearing houses, again, deep in algorithms for such marketplaces. Spent time as an account manager dealing with global delivery. Think of it as an on-site offshore mix managing the ADM space application dev and maintenance. Across all of these experience over the years, worked extensively with cross-functional teams, business and IT teams across geographies in the US, Canada, UK, Europe, and Australia. And then finally decided to move to the US back in 2007 to pursue an MBA from the Darwin School of Business, University of Virginia. And I think what's of context here, Asher, for our discussion is I've spent the last 12 years since 2009 in the US, and of these 12 years, a couple of years in Australia, working with the likes of Infosys, CNY, PwC, all in management consulting, helping large, complex, global B2B organizations in the technology, media, and telco space, and really supporting them with commercial effectiveness with a core focus on improving their marketing and sales function. And especially in the last five plus years, all focused on fast transformation from strategy to organization structure, operating models, operations, focused on standardizing taxonomies, processes, policies to drive a common nomenclature, common set of definitions, a consistent approach to drive customer, partner, and employee experience and impact, whether it be their outcomes, value, efficiency, productivity is 
and also working hand in glove with IT and data and analytics functions to really enable these capabilities in the latest marketing and sales platform. I uh, started with Cisco late last year, and I've actually loved every bit of putting my experience to use uh, to move us as a firm, as an organization to our North Star, which is really to create a world-class growth culture with a set of best-in-class processes and digital capabilities, all focused on our transformation to SaaS that empowers our employees, partners, and customers. I am part of the global sales strategy and planning organization that supports our worldwide sales teams across all of our routes to market, all geos, theaters, segments, and tiers. I lead a team to drive alignment to Cisco's go-to-market strategy and priorities, you know, whether it be, be across regions, business groups, and business functions, such as sales operations, marketing, customer success, data and analytics, workforce experience, and IT. And I lead a number of these key GTM transformational initiatives, all focused on driving commercial effectiveness and growth of our recurring revenue portfolio. And in addition to strategy alignment and innovation, I'm also responsible to drive our GTM acceleration roadmap, translate strategy and vision into digital platform execution. I know that was quite a handful, but 20 years know, of experience man. right <laughs> here in front of it. I feel like we have lots to learn from you. This is great. Well, first, thank you for the shout out on the podcast and the virtual community that we've created. There's a full-blown team that supports that effort and a big shout out to them for all the effort that they've they've done. And uh, there's been lots of life experiences that have come out of this. So it's fantastic. But to your experience, I mean, man, that's a lot of stuff. But I guess let's start with what is commercial effectiveness so that folks understand and we may have to bring you back as many times, as many times. Actually. So let's, uh, that's a great question, man. And I'm really, really passionate about this. And I'd like to address this question for the B2B industry in a moment. But however, let me start with some context first. So no, no news here. There has been an unprecedented, uh, relentless technology-driven disruption across sectors globally in the last 15 plus years. And the B2C market has really led this innovation driven by a laser focus on driving a seamless end-to-end -end customer experience across their entire lifetime from the moment they engage with a brand and learn about it, evaluating options and choices, buying, purchasing a product or a service, using it and getting support when necessary. And I tend to think of this experience across four seasons, convenience, consistency, customization, and choice. And the B2C industry has been relentless and absolutely relentless in delivering and constantly improving across these things. You know, think streamlined shopping, anywhere access, information transparency, sharing and coordination, social enablement and connection, multi-channel support, self-service, and then the list goes on. Now, tie this back to marquee B2C companies that have made the magic happen for us, from industry leaders to small startups that have, that have completely offended the market. Amazon, Apple, Samsung, Google, Starbucks, Nike, Uber, Airbnb, Groupon, and the list goes on here too. And frankly, you know, we are a pampered lot, Asher. I am from a generation that wasn't even born with these expectations and experiences. In fact, far from it. I got used to it over a period of time. When was the first time I used a smartphone? Back in 2000, 2008, maybe? My second release of iPhone. You know, we started using Uber in the 2010 onwards. Yeah. And then think of Generation Z that are born native to these experiences and thereby such expectations are absolutely table stakes for them. They know nothing else. Now let's switch to B2B and pull all of what I've said so far in context. Yep. We are consumers of these B2C companies, Asher, and are also purchasing from B2B companies, right? I purchase in Cisco, I purchase advisory services from my consulting partners. 
i purchase fi services from a implementation partner i purchase software licenses from numerous vendors etc etc so why should it you and i expect the same experience i get from amazon as an example from these b2b vendors suppliers and partners it goes back to the four c's and how are these vendors and suppliers and partners driving my outcomes delivering those at speed at an optimum price that justifies the value i get from them and that's exactly exactly the point the b2c uh, sector has significantly raised the bar for b2b companies to deliver a similar experience along with outcomes at a price that makes sense to me as their customers now let's talk about how b2b firms have traditionally operated think large complex giants global span and scope a very proliferated product portfolio as a multiple business groups numerous federated business functions from marketing sales service and support field operations customer success tie this back to numerous federated back office functions from product innovation in r&d it business operations supply chain manufacturing finance legal procurement etc i mean it's a handful right here most of these organizations have typically grown inorganically through acquisition and often speed to go to market post merger negates any sort of diligence required to properly integrate the acquired company leading to further federation further proliferation further complexity what all of this results in is a very inconsistent and disjointed experience across the entire customer life cycle due to incoherent customer strategy multiple disjointed go to market models across routes to market lack of a clear understanding of segmentation and customer engagement models inconsistent coverage unclear roles and responsibilities and rules of engagement not only internally across customer facing functions but externally with the customer across channels non standard business processes and policies significant data proliferation without a common fund foundation leading to further inaccuracies and inconsistencies whether it be customer insights comp data and attribution pipeline forecast bookings telemetry data install base etc etc and finally a highly federated complex disjointed technology stack that instead of adding value to employees as a burden instead of adding to a consistent experience to a customer actually create burden for them as well so in the past a lot of b2b firms have actually tried to solve for this pain and complexity by focusing on operational excellence which is still important don't get me wrong however the issue has been all of the improvements in the past typically have been focused with a very inside out lens without a lot of thought to the customer so even if i were as an example say improve marketing there is a lot in there again from brand marketing to product marketing to account based marketing campaigns and demand management i have necessarily not thought about the interlock and collaboration required between sales you know as i am when i am solving marketing to take yeah. the customer along a seamless journey from start to end or even if i were to say as, as an example improve sales as, a, as an account manager i have not necessarily given even a, enough thought to the interlock and collaboration required post sales with customer success with field operations so what a lot of b2b leaders over the last let's say decade has started doing is starting to accelerate the shift from just operational excellence to creating a customer centered organization very similar to how the b2c segment has or the b2c spaces played out which really means looking at the customer outside in and creating a threaded and seamless experience across their entire life cycle from the time they assess a need 
to evaluating options, to selecting and purchasing, to using a product or survey or, or product or a service, customer onboarding and training, customer success, requesting for support. And creating, frankly, Asher, creating such an experience is only possible with all of the customer-facing functions operate cohesively and in harmony together, in lockstep with each other, with a level of collaboration, all focused on delivering a seamless experience, driving customer outcomes. That, in a nutshell, my friend, and I know that's not a nutshell, that was quite a lot, yeah. and I had to provide that context. <laughs> no, this is great. It's I called mean, commercial effectiveness. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Th- th- I really appreciate how you broke this context down. Because I have repeatedly said on this podcast that the B2C folks are way, 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 way more ahead of than the B2B folks. And the B2B folks who want to be innovative and lead teams into the future, they have to learn some lessons from the B2C folks because the technologies gap is actually shortening absolutely i said and see again put yourself in the in the in the situation right there is an experience you expect out of starbucks yes there is an experience you expect on itunes there is an experience you expect in an apple store there is an experience you expect from amazon so and you are the same person who is a vp in let's say a high-tech company right yes so why would you not expect that same experience and innovation from your vendors from your partners from your suppliers 100 percent i It's interesting you're saying that because one of the comments I made last week in one of our internal meetings was, look, I want the product that we sell to be activated as an app. That's the future. Because (laughs) if I can actually do this through an app, even though it's a B2B product that we support, then a far, far, far greater number of people can use it and be liberated. And again, we don't have to deploy enterprise-grade functionality. You know, we can deploy consumer-grade functionality, and that's okay. It's simple. It's, it just gets a job done. And then if you want to do more, just log into the app from your desktop and do more, right? But by not bringing the, the B2C experience to the B2B world, it's like we're not we're not tapping into the psyche that's being developed already. Absolutely, Asher. And frankly, you know what, as I mentioned earlier, like the Generation Z, they are born natives. They are born natives in this digital yes. world. They are born with this experience. They know nothing else. Yes. And they are going to be the future leaders. So I am hoping they do drive innovation as much as we do, but that's the experience they would expect. Yes, 100%. Okay, let's move to the next part. Given what you've shared, right? Do you have mm-hmm. pointers on how B2B tech companies should think about commercial effectiveness for their go-to-market and in go-to-market let's be specific about sales slash marketing organizations yeah absolutely absolutely i think uh, again super passionate in this area that's been my experience as i said over the last 12 years that's a that's a really great question and there's a lot to unpack here man so bear with me as i yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) so technology or actually frankly technology in most of the sectors for that matter are all moving towards a SaaS based or Everything is a service-based model. Think, especially in the tech sector, think of infrastructure, platforms, software as a service, software as a service. By definition, services is a recurring theme. And a lot of tech firms, frankly, still have a very perpetual TCV, old-school mindset. And are really trying to figure out what does a subscription-based, a consumption-based model really translate into with regards to commercial effectiveness for their go-to-market, marketing and sales organizations, and then you've got to broaden it, right? 
go to market is marketing sales i i would imagine go to market is all customer facing yes. functions so all yes. of your customer facing functions how should they be thinking about yep. and it all starts with truly redefining their customer strategy their commercial strategy across customer facing functions from marketing sales customer success field operations and support you know rethinking and redoing their segmentation approach their compensation approach and metrics is super critical and important from a saas perspective how do you really double down drive the right you know behavioral shift mindset shift new ways of working to drive recurring revenue growth whether it be hunting farming new logos cross sell upsell reduce bringing together a la carte set of subscription bars together into an enterprise agreement metrics play a key role such as arr acv yep. aov renewal rate attrition and churn each of these have an incremental dimension to it meaning incremental arr incremental acv incremental aov etc then there are structural changes to consider that tie back to your coverage model your territory alignment roles and responsibilities distribution of generalist versus specialist overlays you know you are becoming more of a specialist organization really deep into your product offering as you move into a saas based world your rules of engagement change to change across sales across functions with the and with the customer in the b2b tech space specifically the role of the channel partner is key asher in fact yes. most of the businesses for such firms including cisco as an example are driven through sell with and sell through motions especially in the mid market and small segments so that brings in an added layer of complexity of redefining partner segmentation what roles do the partners play typically in a hardware centric non subscription based business you know channel partners have traditionally played the role of a distributor of a or a var value added reseller essentially a fulfillment channel to hedge distribution and financing risk now in a subscription based more world more than distis and var i mean they are still important from a hardware perspective yep. but you need isps sis msps they move downstream and typically play a critical role post sale yes. related to implementation especially to do with bespoke solutions for your tier 1 customers yep. customer onboarding training managed services customer success and renewals is key an absolute key in fact then there are partner incentives partner training and certifications channel enablement of basic processes lead to big processes how do you minimize channel conflict how do you use the referral model to bring in leads share leads how do you actually work through your sales motions hand in hand with your partners what's the collaboration required between various channel roles within the firm and partners another area to double down on is e-commerce again go back to our b2c discussion we had a moment back you know whether it be partner marketplaces to transact or your own websites how do you drive demand via these channels digitally where might you need a human touch as you look at routes to market and solve for the indirect channel and e-commerce and self service you've got to absolutely rethink other routes to market and customer engagement models such as direct absolutely key to your premier customers there still even what the with this new covid normal there is still going to be i'm hoping travel is going to open up we still we are again going to go back to some sort of yep. a hybrid touch mode yep. right yep. so what's the role of virtual or inside sales how do you drive a seamless and credit experience for your customers across different routes to market where might yep. you require a level of orchestration and a higher touch whereas how might you accelerate high volume low dollar transactional deals with a lower touch more digital how might hybrid situations asher play out where where a deal and often times that's very typical right i'd like to co-lead a deal with between me as a firm and my channel partners 
yep. across all of these routes to market and customer engagement models, key to getting all of this right, is a solid understanding of your uh, portfolio of offerings and solutions. Yep. Typically, a combination of hardware, software, and services, the right specialists and partner overlays that have extensive knowledge and are able to quickly understand a customer's business problems, bring in an industry lens, understand the, your customer's competition, and offer solutions that can drive their outcomes and an impact for them. Super critical, right? So this, this goes hand in hand, hand in glove with an understanding of the revenue model. The revenue model has significantly changed for a subscription-based business, a clear understanding of pricing and monetization mechanisms, along with constantly upgrading your knowledge on the offering structures based on R&D and innovation tied to shifts in the marketplace, as well as custom, customer success and telemetry data. What is the customer telling us? around usage, around adoption, and then beyond sales to drive commercial effectiveness, you've got to establish the right interlocks with marketing to really make them an extension of sales. How do you drive the conversion of the demand funnel? Understand hand raisers, you know, hand raisers, someone who has explicitly expressed interest in your products and services versus someone who is a non-hand raiser. You know, oftentimes I go on a website, download a white paper, that's an implied interest, so maybe an implied interest because I've not explicitly reached out to you via an inbound channel. So an implied interest, how do you nurture such demand? We have personalized, tailored, digital customer journeys, the handoff with sales based on intense data and attribution. How do you drive conversion of trials and demos, super critical again in the fast space yep. that originate in marketing, land into sales, include customer success, as you move downstream, the interlock between sales and post-sales and customer success is another fundamental area, absolutely fundamental to drive adoption, usage, consumption, cross-sell, upsell, reviews. Like there's a lot in here, right? And then yes. finally, as much as we are talking of the technology sector to drive commercial effectiveness, technology and digital is frankly the glue and the enabler to truly bring to life and accelerate these end-to-end capabilities from marketing to sales to customer success to field ops and support. You know, a level of automation to reduce seller burden, to drive scale, to provide historical, predictive, cognitive customer insights via first and third-party data sources to sell smarter, better, bigger, whether it is demand from marketing or pipeline forecast, bookings data, install base, renewals, sales place, other industry insights and recommendations, I mean, the list goes on. How do you leverage technology to make it easy for your customers and partners to do business with you? Reduce friction, improve collaboration, increase visibility and transparency. Then there is the concept of intelligent and personalized content that is so very federated in uh, in, in the tech space or generally across organizations, large organizations. How do you offer customers, partners, marketing, sales, customer success, support, field ops with the right content at the right time during their workflows? How do you incentivize cross-functional collaboration? Another key area, which is what to really think, an area is upskilling and enablement of your sales force and other employees, a constant upgrade of knowledge, skills, we are training, certifications, deep knowledge of the industry, competition, market dynamics, your offers, how might you bundle them, create solutions, drive customer outcomes. This is all commercial effectiveness. And there is no easy answer. There's not a magic pill that I'm going to, you know, Swallow today and tomorrow, I'm going to solve for it. But that is customer commercial effectiveness across all of your customer-facing organizations, your GTM organizations, for the tech sector and equally relevant, frankly, to the other techs. Yes. I mean, this is fantastic. And I, I want to make sure that we cover this topic. 
where the biggest roadblocks, right? Because all, everything that you've shared is so practical and people should think about it. But as executives are moving through the ranks, right? And that's who really listens to this podcast. They need to understand yeah. the roadblocks, right? And do you have like, let's say the top two roadblocks that you've seen over and over and over again so that people can just be aware of them? Yeah, absolutely. So more than roadblocks, it's a mindset shift, man. So actually understand, so an understanding of the strategy, the new approach and the operating model required to drive customer experience and thereby commercial effectiveness in the SaaS world is absolutely critical. Is that a roadblock? It's a roadblock because people really don't get it. Traditionally, technology followed the build, market, sell, order, implement, train, operate, support, upgrade operating model. And even though quite a few did not quite deliver the right experience, once you were able to land a deal and implement a solution, an on-prem, non-subscription-based solution, you were practically locked in the customer due to a very heavy switching cost and long-term perpetual contracts, right? And so more than a roadblock, I think it's the mindset shift, really an appreciation of what would it take to transition into a SaaS-based model and truly drive customer effectiveness. And the new operating model now, is you've got to land a deal, you've got to focus on adopting, adoption, you've got to then focus on expansion and then renew. Fundamentally a different way to operate and collaborate across the customer life cycle. After landing a deal, the focus needs to shift to adoption, customer success, usage, consumption, driving outcomes, all with the anticipation of expanding and renewing, increasing share of wallet, customer lifetime value, and create that stickiness and trust you've got to shift to an annuity mindset instead of a perpetual mindset. You know, constant seamless upgrades to customer-based solutions. An an annuity mindset, until you actually gain an appreciation of that mindset, you are likely to fail. So that's number one. Then to get this right, and when I say get this right, is the experience, the effectiveness, the collaboration, really is it the the SaaS-based, subscription-based mindset beyond sales, the importance of customer success. This function, frankly, is still in a nascent stage in a lot of SaaS organizations. What do they do? Who do they roll up to? What are the different roles and responsibilities? What are the interlocks required between sales with support? Absolutely key to getting the SaaS operating model right. So that's another area more than a roadblock. It's just an appreciation of what is customer success. And you know how do you stand that organization or function up in your enterprise? Another key area in most of these organizations, frankly, Asher, is they have grown. I mentioned this earlier. They have grown inorganically, and that will remain the blueprint for expansion beyond, obviously, expansion organically via existing customers. So post-merger integration is key and goes back to the operating model, right? Establish enterprise standards, flexibility to rapidly consume acquisitions into the larger enterprise to extract value from them while allowing the flexibility to the acquired firm to continue operating with the level of autonomy. A lot of firms have not figured out, like we aren't nimble enough to acquire firms, integrate them, and really provide that seamless experience back to your customers, right? So that's a big area. And then the, if I may call this a roadblock, I think this is the biggest roadblock and impediment is the cultural and mindset shift to adopt new ways of working. Frankly, boss. I can't talk of this enough. The new behaviors required to collaborate and deliver to the customer, for the customer, and always with the customer in mind. 
some of the tech giants have been around forever with average tenure of a sales rep and other employees of over a decade. Most of these employees actually are used to a certain culture and ways of working in the past, which will not work today or in the future. This has to change. The tone needs to come from the top. An intense focus, I mentioned this earlier, upskilling, coaching, and enabling the sales force and other customer-facing employees as combined with the need to drive experience and commercial effectiveness really requires different rules of engagement, a level of cross-functional collaboration across the enterprise that has not existed in the past to truly drive trusted, sticky relationships where customers not only buy our products and solutions and services, but extensively use and adopt to drive their outcomes and come back for more to expand and renew. So if I was to really call out the biggest roadblock, it's the cultural and the mindset shift. And it is not easy. It is the most difficult thing. Everything else you can learn. This is the biggest shift that companies need to go through. Well said. I mean, the cultural piece and preparing, and you know, like, it's not that hard. All you have to do is plan for how many times you're going to tell and reiterate the point so that enough people understand it. And then, and then take the influencers in your organization, if you're a very large organization, and make sure that they yeah. understand it. And then this way, there's organizational preparedness, right? Which, which I guess dives straight yeah. into commercial effectiveness, but, the, but there's just organizational preparedness. So you give people some time because people are not robots. They're not going to just like press a button and change. So I, I'm glad you, you made, made that point. So is there another point that you would like to share about the roadblock? No, I think what you mentioned, right? I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, reiterating it, but again, it goes back tone from the top, a unified vision with the customer in the center, really driving change to your point through a change champion network, identify those champions, willing participants, hand raisers who want to, you know, roll up their sleeves and make it happen, lean in on them. The first-line manager cohort is an extremely important cohort. Influence upon them the need to change, drive change through them, hold them accountable, provide them the coaching required, use that to then further distill the message down to individual contributors. Like that is that is an area, Asher, that if we get that right, everything else will fall in place. Because everything else, you know, you've got the smart, you've got a very talented industry. Yes. Like you've got very talented folks today. I mean, the talent fails when there is resistance to change, period. Yep, yep. No, this is great. So let's move into, I would say, this is a little bit more funner part of the podcast. <laughs> it's the... the you think it's fun, right? It's been, it's been fun so far. I, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. That's why I said funner, you know, so if that's a word. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you clearly have lots and lots of... I'm so appreciative of your time. Is there a resource, like a book, a blog, a newsletter, a website, or video that you would recommend to our listeners? Lots, but I think one one recent find, and this when I say recent find, maybe a few months back, was I I landed up on this book. It's readily available on Amazon called Technology as a Service Playbook. So anyone who's new to the space or has been around in the space and would really drive, would want to drive customer effectiveness, the experience around the life cycle of a customer in the tech space, and pivot and transform to a subscription based everything as a services-based model, I would really recommend this book. You know, it's, it's focused on how do you grow a profitable subscription-based business in the tech space. A lot of great nuggets and frankly, great information, including how do you drive commercial effectiveness with a relentless focus on experience, the concept of economic modes, 
and how might you create competitive differentiation in the SaaS world, the difference between traditional old school perpetual mindset and the new approach required for such a spirit. It talks about engaging, engagement models. It talks about the changing role of the channel. It talks about customer success. And it's a great read. I also subscribe, Asher, to Alexander Group. It's a consulting firm focused on revenue growth and sales management. I mean, it's got great, great articles, like outstanding articles, you know, from compensation to operating models, to revenue models, to monetization mechanisms, to pricing, to SaaS. That's, that's another great one. And third one is that I often read is the SaaS brief. So I've signed up. That's another great blog, key nuggets related to SaaS businesses. So I think if I was to distill it down, those are my three go-to. You know, this book is a great one, so that's done with. But the Alexander Group and SAS, the SaaS brief are two really good ones to leaning on. Yeah. Uh, sorry, did you say the Alexander Group? Yes. Yes. Um, I love those guys. They were extremely <laughs> thorough. And we worked with them at a, yeah. at, at a previous company. They were so thorough and they were so like yeah. methodical about things that they helped. So we'll give them a shout out over here. The, the person's name that I remember is named Ted Grossman, who, mm-hmm. who's I think still there, but I'm going to tag him. When we, when we launched this podcast, I'm going to tag him in this post because he was fantastic. He actually like went out of his way to help me when I was coming up through the ranks. So, all right. Next question is, do you have three people in B2B tech who are either in go-to-market or data science that you can recommend we invite to the show? Way more than three people, man. But yeah, I do have three people. So I, <laughs> I, I give you a handful and then you okay. choose to reach out to them. But sure. I have what I am today. I owe a lot of my current thinking, my experience to really two individuals. I worked pretty extensively at PwC. One is Charlie Hoenschild. Uh, an absolute guru in the B2B commercial effectiveness space. Like, yeah, I would, and he's, he's focused on the GMT sector, technologies, media, and telco. So please, please do reach out to him. He's a great mentor, sponsor, friend of mine. Another person I've learned extensively from, again, PwC. He's a partner. He's also a thought leader in, in the space. More to do with pricing in the SaaS space is Amit Dhee. So two of these individuals, and then a few other names. I have worked extensively in the past. I have a very high respect, and I am what I am because of them. Is Alison Miller again, another TMP partner at PwC. Jeff Hirsch, another TMP partner at PwC. And when I say TMT, it's technology, media, yep, telco. Around, yep. All focused on commercial effectiveness, sales effectiveness, from strategy to process to technology. Romit Day is an absolute guru in the space. And then from Cisco, I would really recommend you to reach out to Darren Bledgen. And yeah, my name is H-E-U-B-E-R-G-E-R. So, you know, they are leaders in, our, in, 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 in Cisco. Really do a lot from a, from a sales perspective. They lead our sales strategy. I would really recommend, you know, given time permitting, reach out to these individuals. Charlie, Hoenschel, Amit Deed, Alison Miller, Jeff Hirsch, Robert Day, Darren Bledgen, and my Fantastic. And I just looked on LinkedIn. Ted Grossman is still at Alexander Group, so I'm going to hit him up as well. <laughs> That's awesome, man. All right. As we close this podcast, I'm sure there are going to be people who want to get connected with you. What would be the best way for people to connect with you if they have a question after this podcast? LinkedIn, very transparent guy here, man. So whoever wants to reach out to me, I'm very uh, active on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn okay. is obviously there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. This was fantastic. I had a blast. And certainly learned a lot. And we will absolutely bring you back on the show 
um, as, as a follow-on to this. But thank you so much and best of luck on your journey. Thank you, Asher. Really, really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.